Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick Jay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Cary, North Carolina. Today is Monday, April 18th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the doctor's opinion on page XXIX, the second paragraph, beginning with men have cried out to me and reading through two paragraphs, ending with psychological approach. Today's readers are Jim K, the 12 Steps, Margie, the 12 Traditions, and our big book readers are Sally P reading the text, Barbara P on page 164, and Kathy S is our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Pat B, and our second hour moderator is Ken WH. The share ID for Sunday, April 17th, 2022 is 18,853. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. Overeaters Anonymous is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jim Kay to read the 12 steps. This is Jim Kay, compulsive overeater in Illinois. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God removed all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. I will now ask Marge E. to read the 12 Traditions. Thank you so much. This is Marge E., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, but not cured, from Massachusetts. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, 
For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never be never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Marge. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes, at the end of which I will give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous and the doctor's opinion on page XXIX, the second paragraph, beginning with, men have cried out to me, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with a psychological approach. I will now ask Sally P. to begin reading. Thank you. Good morning. This is Sally P., recovered in Colorado. Welcome to the newcomers. Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal. Doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. Faced with this problem, if a doctor is honest with himself, he must sometimes feel his own inadequacy. Although he gives all that is in him, it is often not enough. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. The aggregate of recoveries resulting from psychiatric effort is considerable. We physicians must admit we have made little impression upon the problem as a whole. Many types do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. 
so what really jumps out to me um, in these two paragraphs, um, well, doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. And after 38 years of this being in this program, I finally admitted to a fellow friend that um, I was a dry drunk, that, you know, I wasn't face down in the food binging, but I was uh, sloppy food. Um, and crazy. I had no emotional sobriety, and I was tired of being obsessed with being fat, of thinking I was fat, and my food plan, and I knew there was more. And so in that crying out to him, I was led to a, a retreat where I was. I learned about what um, neutrality with food is and what complete abstinence is, and I, I jumped into that that way of eating um, right away and jumped into the steps. My first sponsor that I found through Vision had 15 days abstinence and she took me through the steps. And I'm in four and a half years of complete abstinence and probably um, more sanity (laughs) than I've ever had in this program as a result of of working these steps as designed in in this big book. And... um, how is this four and a half years different than all those other years? It's um, just right now still in my recovery, focusing on the simplicity of this big book, simple but not easy, and the directions. And it tells me that I have to put down my problem foods and I have to pick up the steps. And um, And I can honestly say that the psychic change that I've experienced in the last four and a half years have been been unbelievable. I've always felt God by my side, holding my hand, but, you know, there, there's a, a thing in the Bible that says every hair on your head has been counted, and there are days where I feel that because God is doing for me. I'm getting this personality change that I didn't know was possible, and last three years have been hard. I work in a nursing home, and COVID is still going on, and then I lost my last family member, and I was just consumed in fear and sadness and grief. And I held on to this program, and I worked these steps, and I'm, I'm on the other side. And now that I'm on the other side, um, I just have this trust in a power greater than myself that I've never had before. And I haven't, wouldn't have gotten this if it wasn't for being able to work through the pain. You know, we don't put the food down and then, you know, the the pink cloud comes, you know. We put the food down and there's work to be done. But when I come out on the other side of when I work these steps, it is a connection with a supreme being or energy that I've never had before. And And I'm just so thankful for that. And I know it's available to everyone. And I just want to welcome those that are returning um, you know, I was told when I returned, when I, thank you, I was told that when I um, got into vision and when I went to this program that I needed to have a beginner mind, and I still want to have a beginner mind. With that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much for getting us started, Sally. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? Janet B. Joanne D. New York. Carl B. Dara L. Rosie W. 
Okay, let's back up a little bit. I've got Jennifer C. Carl. I just heard Jennifer C. And uh, who was the other couple of names before Jennifer C.? I've got Janet, Joanne, Carl. Who was, there was someone else right in there, too. A couple people. Joanne D., New York. Okay. Did I got you get you, Dara L.? Dara L., gotcha. All right. So I've got Janet B., Joanne B., Carl, Dara L., Jennifer C. Anyone else? Good time to jump in there. Rosie W. Who is uh, Rachel W. Rosie W. Okay, I'm one more time. How do you spell your first name? Sorry. Somebody W. And I just didn't quite hear your first name. If you could spell your first name for me. The last person. Rosie W. R O S I E. R O S I E. Yeah, Rosie. Barbara E. Have room for Barbara? You betcha. All right, we can stop right there. Um, so I didn't get all the initials there. So uh, just include your uh, initial, your last name when you introduce yourself, and. Uh, Please remember to include your state. And uh, Janet B, you're up next, um, followed by Joanne. Go ahead, Janet. Hi, good morning. This is Janet B, <clears throat> recovered compulsive eater in New Jersey. So that line, how heartbreaking, right? Doctor, I can't go on like this. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. And that was me my first six and a half years in OA. I would say to my sponsors, and I'm not kidding, I had about 50 of them, I must stop, but I can't, please help me. And I was desperate. I had the strongest desire to stop. I would have crawled on my hands and knees through glass if that's what I was told to do. Um, but I, I didn't stop. And these people would say, I think behind my back and occasionally to my face, you must not really want to stop. And then... I see all those years, um, my problem wasn't a lack of desire, right? On page 24 of our book, it tells us that a certain point in the drinking of every alcoholic or compulsive eater, he passes into a state where the most powerful desire to stop is of absolutely no avail. So no one would ever tell a person with cancer, oh, you must not really want to be healed of cancer, or you'd make your cancer cells stop multiplying. But people had no problem telling me, you must not want to stop eating compulsively, or you would. My problem wasn't lack of desire. My problem was lack of power. Um, and that's what our book tells us the problem is. And then it tells us here the beautiful, glorious solution, a psychic change, which is basically a miracle. When God comes in and just rewires my heart so that the selfish, self-centered me gradually gets diminished and I become more interested in his priorities and his way of life. And it's basically like he changes the soil of my soul as I go through these steps. And just like roses can only grow in certain soil, um, this illness can only grow in a certain soil. 
and when the soil of my soul was changed, the illness absolutely can't live there. So I just thank God for the person who finally said to me, the answer is working through these steps. It's not just about desire. It's about getting a relationship with God so that he can come in and transform my soul. And it truly works. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Janet B. Joanne B., I believe it is. You're up next, followed by Carl. Go ahead, Joanne. Hi, good morning. This is Joanne D. is in David, New York. And um, what really speaks to me is, God, I, I can't go on like this. Uh, on January 19, 2021, I went to my gastro doctor, and he weighed me. And he said, Joanne, what are you doing? You're a morbidly obese on the BMI chart and you had gastric bypass like what's going on and I said doc I can't stop eating I'm just sneaking food and hiding it and I live alone I'm putting it in closets and lining them up on the chase lounge like what should I eat now that's in a bag in a box I lived on ice cream cake cookies candy chips I'd buy myself ice cream cakes and eat it for breakfast lunch and dinner like my disease just got worse and worse and then he said to me, Joe, I said, what can I do, Doc? And he said, Overeaters Anonymous, Zoom. And I said, what? There's OA Zoom meetings? You mean I don't have to be all by myself during COVID? I was dying slowly of no socialization and living alone. And I was so sad. And I'm such a happy-go-lucky person and really outgoing person. I love people. And I, I, I said, how am I going to find out how to get on an OA Zoom meeting? And I was an Overeaters Anonymous member 30 years ago, and I called someone, and I said, how do I do this? And she led me, and she said, I, have, I think I have a sponsor for you, too. And I'm like, what? I don't think I'm ready to, to give up all my food yet. I have plenty of food in the closet. i got to eat that first. And you know what? I binged that weekend, and I got a sponsor, and she got on the first meeting with me. And then I gave all the rest of the food away on Monday morning, and I woke up with a psychic change, and I said, no. You're not killing yourself anymore, Joanne. You're not eating sugar and flour anymore. I packed up the food, brought it to a group home, and I've been abstinent today, 448 days, and my life is so different. It's so wonderful. I'm happy, joyous, and free. These Vision for You meetings, Recovery Jam meetings, these meetings changed my life, my relationships. I've made amends with 20 friends I didn't talk to for 20 and 30 years. My relationship with my daughter has been restored. She didn't talk to me for years. Like, my whole life has changed, and I just became a grandmother. I'm retiring in two months, and I just look forward to doing service in this program and just just keeping this beautiful life. Who could I help today, God? Every day I say, put somebody in my path because I can't keep it unless I give it away. The steps have changed my life. The big book has changed my life. You all change my life every morning on these Vision for You meetings. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Joanne D. Carl didn't get the initial of your last name. Um, you're up next, followed by Dara L. So, Carl, if you could uh, include that with me, I'd appreciate that. You're up. Carl B. from Illinois. I'm a compulsive eater. Um, like like everybody, this this first paragraph jumped out at me. Do- doctor, I cannot go on like this. But also, 
in the second paragraph where it says one feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change and that really really jumped out at me because i i'm extremely self-willed and <clears throat> i i have an ego and and i want to be you know i want to be the one to fix this and and i have a lot of recovery and a long time recovery in the drink program and you know and obviously the or not obviously but what i learned um is that the transfers or the the credits don't transfer and so it took me a long time to realize that you know i can't intellectualize and and i can't i can't do this on my own and i i want to i i you know for years and years and years i i tried to to do this um my way and it just it just didn't work and what i needed really needed was um was a spiritual a program that was completely different from the one I had in, in the other program. And something that I heard in a meeting um, that I'll never forget was, this is not um, a self-improvement program, but a self-acceptance program why God does the work. And I heard that and that has stuck with me for such a long time. <clears throat> and it was something that I've, I've carried with me. Um, Typically, I'm not able to get on this meeting in, in the morning, um, and I listen to the recording, and I'm, I'm heading out for a nine-day business trip, which I haven't done in a couple of years. And for, for many, many years, that was my um, compulsive eating playground because it's, it's free food. I'm on my own, and I don't have... Um, I don't have anybody to be accountable to, and um, it's really important to me that I stay accountable. Um, not only with my food, but with my with my program, and so it, it's really, um, as I mentioned, important for me to to stay accountable. And you know, through this reading and through this program, because it's 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 really difficult, especially when I'm out and I'm I'm not in in the place where I'm typically, you know, where my food is and and you know, around the people that that I need. Luckily, I'm going to a place where there's a lot of recovery and. I'm, it's easy for me as, as a compulsive eater and just as, as a person to, to isolate. And that was my thing, order room service in a hotel room and isolate. Um, so anyway, it's, it's really, really good to be here this morning. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much, Carl B. Dara L., you're next, followed by Jennifer C. Go ahead, Dara. Okay, great. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Philadelphia. And a couple stories came to mind um, that reminds me of this paragraph. I was thinking about how when I was in college and I started having seizures um, as a result of taking 80 to 100 laxatives a day, um, and I was passing out on the streets of New York City and I had to go to the hospital. And like, I mean, I was, I was terrified. I was so, so, so scared and I, I was shaky. And, you know, um, I was in the hospital for about a week, but I wouldn't eat any of the hospital food. And I made my mom bring me like, you know, these crazy meals that I were the only things I could eat and not purge on. And, um, and at the end of that week, you know, after like almost losing my life, I remember uh, getting them to check me out early. I was like, no, no, I can't can't stay, you know, I can't stay another day. I can't stay the weekend. I got to go home. And, and my mom dropped me off at my apartment and, and immediately I went out and I bought more laxatives and, and that I spent the weekend binging and, you know, um, killing myself again, or 
the time when I almost lost my colon. I was in the hospital uh, for weeks and, you know, had to almost have my colon removed and thank God they saved it. And I got home and, you know, within a couple of months I was, I was back to bulimia again. And, um, and so like, what do I know about that? I was desperate as only the dying could be, but no human power (laughs) worked for me. You know, Um, it, it just wasn't effective. And that doesn't mean that the ordinary psychological approach isn't effective for non-compulsive eaters, you know, in the course of my many, many treatments. Um, I've made many, many friends who, for them, you know, this whole moderation deal, like this eat anything, you know, in moderation and mindful eating and intuitive whatever, like that, that's effective for them. It never worked for me and it's never going to work for me. Um, but, you know, this is kind of humbling. I still struggle um, with this ordinary psychological approach, with thinking that I can like rationalize my way to change. And I've been going through something in my life lately where I, you know, I keep trying to make this change and I keep taking my will back. And it's like, because I'm not willing or, you know, to admit, I haven't been willing to admit that like, oh yeah, I need a psychic change in this area too. And that happens to me all the time. It's like, God, you know, like works through me to, and this incredible miracle happens and I get relieved of the bondage of self. And I'm like, what? Oh my God, you know, God's so great. I'm never going to doubt it again. You know, and then 15 minutes later, I'm like, I didn't get my way. Like, whatever. I got to figure this whole thing out. I got to willpower, you know, through it. Like, I'm just going to do what those people do who don't have this disease. So, you know, for me, I think it's so important to know that like, yes, I get a psychic change and a miracle with the food. And today I don't, I don't want to kill myself. I don't want to commit suicide with food, but you know, with all the other stuff, I still need a psychic change. I still need a power greater than myself to work in my life. And I can forget that. Um, anyways, and I'll pass and thanks so much. All right. Perfect timing. Dara L. Thank you. Jennifer C. You're up next, followed by Rosie W. Go ahead, Jennifer. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Rick. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Um, you know, when I look at, at these paragraphs, um, I see my experience as a sponsor, right? Like, I cannot go on like this. I've got everything to live for. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. Um, you know, when I work with people, they come to me with that same spirit, right? Like, you must help me, please. Like, I want this so badly. And if I'm honest with myself, I have to stay in touch with my own inadequacy right? Like I have to, because I can give everything I have, my time, my attention, my availability, my experience, my strengths, my hope, and it can still not be enough. It can still not be enough. Something more than human power, something more than human power. So what a spiritual experience for me, because I must rely on this power just as much as they do. Um, I can't produce this change for anyone any more than I could produce it for myself, right? Like my greatest prayer as a sponsor is to be a channel so that new power, right? Like new power can flow through me. Um, And so that I'm not so stuck to a certain formula or method of taking someone through this work. Um, You know, hopefully I can be open to receiving new direction, Someone who has been through the steps several times may need something different than someone who has never been exposed to this process before. Um, So I never want to be so locked into any particular approach that I lose sight 
of that that new power and that new direction that God um, may want to give because God always has fresh material, right? Like I don't, but God does. Um, so, and thank God that no human power can produce this change because the pressure's off to perform the miracle, right? I can't perform the miracle, but I can shine the light on God. I can keep shining the light on God. That's my job as a sponsor. Keep shining the light on God. But this book also tells me that intensive work is my responsibility. Um, It says that the doctors gave all that was within him, right? Like, I want to sponsor that way. I want to sponsor knowing that while I can't produce this psychic change, I want to give all that is in me because that's the heart of God. Like he wants freedom for the people I work with just as much as he wanted that freedom for me. So it's a beautiful balance when I know full well that while I can't produce the psychic change and that I feel inadequate, um, I can give all that I can, right? Um, And the inadequacy is a good thing because it reminds me to be dependent on God. So anyone feeling inadequate as a sponsor this morning, you're right where God wants you to be because all we do is shine that that light on God, the miracle worker, right? The miracle worker. So thank you all for being here this morning. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Jennifer C. Rosie W., you're up next, followed by Barbara E. Go ahead, Rosie. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for your service and for everyone else doing service on the line today. Uh, My name's Rosie W., um, compulsive reader in the UK. Um, I find this, I find this, paragraph or this section I always find it quite hard I always I always pause and have a moment when I remember that time in my life and at the time I was working for a um, public service broadcaster in the UK um, and by the end I was making multiple trips per hour to the canteen to buy um, sugar and I would have it up my sleeve um, in my underwear um, down my top anywhere anywhere I could conceal it and then I would go to the toilet and I would just sit in the toilet eating it and and I distinctly remember staring at myself in the mirror as I ate crying exactly as it says here and saying please stop please 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 stop um my desire was sincere and my despair was bottomless I knew I was dying by this point. I came into OA under no illusions that, you know, I could do this on my own. I knew that I was dying by the time I arrived in these rooms. And so um, soon after uh, I lost control, I was back on the internet again, looking for somebody else who I could pay to try and make me stop eating. And, you know, like it says here, most of the people who I did pay to try and stop me eating, they really did give all that was in them. Um, But it was never enough and it could never be enough. There is nothing that any single person on this earth could do. And thank God that the woman I saw next in my quest to stop myself eating, uh, she did tapping, I believe. (laughs) Um, That was going to be my solution. And she listened and she made me tell her, um, she made me give her a detailed description of what a binge looked like. And thank God for that woman who was in the 12 steps herself, although I didn't know it at the time, and said, Rosie, I can't take your money. I cannot take your money because there's absolutely nothing I can do for you. Um, and my heart sank. And But she said, there is a solution. And she told me about OA. Um, I looked it up. 
I was appalled and she said it didn't matter just go anyway and she said to me again and again and again that basically um, more th- something more than human power was needed to produce the essential psychic change and I've spent many time a lot of time over the years think, you know sort of overthinking that psychic change and what it should look like what it means what it should feel like but actually all I need remember is the moment that I was struck abstinent because <laughs> I really was I was um I was sitting on a bench. It was early evening. I was eating dinner out of the Tupperware before an OA meeting. It was maybe my seventh or eighth OA meeting, I think. Um, and I just suddenly had this feeling as I sat there on the bench um, that the next day I was going to eat three meals and a snack and that that would be it and that this would be done. And that is exactly what came to pass. I was done. And it wasn't dramatic. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, it wasn't dramatic. It just happened because I finally, finally was willing to willing to accept that there was nothing that I could do. There was nothing that anyone could do. Thank God for that woman and thank God for God. I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Rosie W. Barbara E., you're up next. We'll take some uh, more names after you. Before we start um, listening to your share, Barbara, we're going to uh, remind everybody where we're at. We're in the um, doctor's opinion on page XXIX. The second paragraph, beginning with men, have cried out to me, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with psychological approach. Go ahead, Barbara. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for being here so religiously every single day, because I need you. When I came into OA, I felt desperate. I was hopeless. I knew in my heart that my compulsion to overeat would kill me. And I was helpless also to stop gorging myself with food, even literally as I was crying for help. I needed to find God or something stronger than me. But where would I find him? Perhaps send a letter to Santa Claus? And someone said at a meeting, not a bad idea. Write a letter to God and tell him you need an intervention, and maybe he would hear my plea and save me. I was told God isn't lost, but you must trust him and seek him and ask for his help, because God's a gentleman. He doesn't go where he's not invited. And if I stayed around in OA, I'd find a fellowship of broken people just like me to support me and understand and love me and help me if I was willing to ask. I had to learn to say, I'm sorry, I don't know, I need help, will you help me? I had to be humble. I learned about the allergy and the craving and that if I was broken and desperate, I could go from hopeless and helpless to recovered if I was open to the book and to take the steps, no half measures, but all a prescription. And then, of course, remember to pass it on to others who need a solution too. There are so many sick and suffering people inside and outside of the rooms. I could help them, perhaps, if I was truly lucky, but I was also told not everyone is ready to accept the solution, and you have to have an ego 
that understand it's not you. You have to be aware, Barbara. You have to accept that you are broken too and that you can take action. And there are certain foods and also actions that were blocking me from God. So writing that letter turned out to be not such a bad thought for me. I had to seek him, but I was also told he was never lost. And I had to learn I wasn't alone. I wasn't isolated. There were people just like me who ate out of the garbage, who ate off the floor, who licked their plates, who hid food around. I sound like Bill Wilson. I was desperate. I lied. I stole. I had to ask for help. Thank you very much. I had to understand that this is a program that can save me. I can die with this disease, but I don't have to die because of it. Thank you, blessed people. I wish you all good things in the world. Stay with us. It works, at least for me. It really did. Thank you. I pass. All right. Thank you, Barbara Excuse me. Before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the doctor's opinion, page XXIX, the second paragraph, beginning with men have cried out to me, and reading through two paragraphs, ending with psychological approach, and then we value everyone's experience. We ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. Who else would like to share today on this fabulous meeting? Sarah, Sarah R. from New York. Who is that from New York? Sarah R. Sarah R. Okay, gotcha, Sarah. Vasa O. Benita L. Vasa O. Benita. Cheryl H. Cheryl? Did you say Cheryl H? Brenda H. Oh, wow. I was way off. All right, Brenda. Hey, from Massachusetts. Uh, okay, I got somebody from Massachusetts. Your first again. Um, I didn't quite get your first name, uh, the one from Massachusetts. Could you give me your first name one more time? Okay. Uh, we'll we'll try to figure this out after Brenda. We'll go ahead and start there, and then we'll uh, we'll get some more names as we have time. So uh, here's why I have Sarah R. Vasa O. Benita, Brenda, and uh, oh, I just am saying. Okay, so uh, I have I've just heard that was Faye from Massachusetts. Thank you for everyone helping me out here. <laughs> I need a lot of help. All right, so uh, Sarah R, you're up next, followed by Vasa O, and please include your state when you introduce yourself. So go ahead, Sarah. Hey, everyone. Um, this is Sarah R from Brooklyn, New York. This has been a really great meeting so far, specifically to the um, alluding to the words, you know, we had no choice but to cry out to a higher power. Um, so far, I've been in program two and a half years, and 
I, you know, it's interesting because it says the desire is there. I wanted to recover so, so, so badly. So far, certain holidays and events like the Super Bowl, I have just relapsed and relapsed and relapsed. And this year, I thought it could be different. You know, Passover's here, and I thought it's going to be different. And, you know, I've heard the term slip stands for sudden lapse in program or sudden lapse in prayer of some sort. And, um, you know, on Passover, there's a lot of foods that I'm restricted. And I work um, an hour and a half away from where I live, and there isn't much food that I could eat. And right away, I get into this thing in my head that I'm not going to have any food I can eat. And, you know, I've just been stuffing my face. And my sponsor is now somebody that I used to know. She had mentioned that after six months, if I can stay in a program, that she's not the one for me. And, you know, this morning I said, you know, well, what's the point of coming on this program today? What am I going to hear that I don't already know? right? Because I've been working this program like my pants are on fire. But I came on today and I I hear this and I guess what I'm taking out of it is that, you know, I can't rationalize this back. I can't rationalize myself back into prayer, like I, into program. It's funny that I said prayer program like I would want to, right? Because I, I want to live happy, joyous, and free. I don't want to live just, you know, sitting in the kitchen and stuffing my face. But as long as I'm trying to rationalize it or rationalize finding, you know, maybe I need the right sponsor, but that's all about me and rationalizing it. And, you know, my disease is very smart. You know, someone mentioned, you know, there's certain things that people wouldn't tell cancer patients in regard to their disease, you know, but it's kind of, you know, I, I kind of treat my disease as, as someone would a sick, as, as I don't treat my disease as someone would treat a cancer patient and their disease. I treat my disease kind of like if someone has a cut, right? There's just a certain specific amount of, you know, sporn and band-aids that they need to put on and then the cut will heal. But it's not about that. What I can use for this analogy is just a certain amount of prayer, right? Constantly just applying myself. So here I am, Monday morning, 7.42 a.m., looking for a spot at work. No sponsor, no program, but thank you. I'm, I'm here, and I just have to pray this, pray this one out. Thank you so much with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sarah. Vasa, you're up next, followed by Vanita. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Pete, for your service. I came a little late. So I think you're Pete, right? <laughs> Thank you for your service. And Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive over you. They're calling from Poor Charles, Florida. Yeah, this is a really good uh, paragraph we read this morning um, after trying to put the food down for so long, so many years. I, I was doomed, I, you know, and uh, this is what I did, you know, coming in to admitting. I admitted to myself that I was, pow- I was powerless over the food addiction. Nobody had to convince me. And, and I, it was so good to hear that other people had the same problem. 
and they found the solution. So, but this is where I was. Men have cried out to to me in sincere, in sincere and de- desperating approval appeal. Doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything for to live. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. And I had gone to the doctors over the years, you know, talking about and getting all kinds of diets, but nobody could help me. People did not understand my disease. And they do much better because I did go to the doctors for my physical the other day here in Florida, and he kept on telling me, just do whatever you're doing. You you look great. You're doing good. All the blood levels are good and, and all that. And I was being able to share my experience with him, how I was overweight many years. I was struggling with the food addiction. And um, and I was not embarrassed, you know. And he said, well, a lot of people don't have the money to go to a nutritionist. And I said, well, this is more to it than I told them. I was into Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm just trying, trying to spread the message. But this is where I was. I had the gift of desperation when I came to my first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. I just didn't want to die. And I was willing and ready to surrender to a higher power greater than myself because with myself and my high, I couldn't do it. And uh, and I was ready and willing, and I did surrender. And uh, I, you know, and I I will do whatever it takes. And I was so grateful and elated to find out there was a solution here in the doctor's opinion. Oh, my good, who would want to refuse this? You know, but I was ready and I was willing. So um, I'm just so grateful, but I needed to take the simple tools, you know, threw myself into the program, the 12 steps. And then I, you know, I thank you, God, I was given the, the big book. You know, that's how I started. And I could not wait to read the big book. You know, from the end, from the beginning to the end, then I could start. I started um, um, identifying with the alcoholic, and I had. I was beginning to give. To, I'll wrap it up. Uh, thank you, and I. I started having compassion for people that I wanted to stop drinking. They couldn't, just like me, and there was solution here. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you so much, Vasa. And uh, just so you know, this is Rick James. Might be the first time I've been mistaken for Pete. So, <laughs> but uh, yep, we're uh, we're all here, uh, carrying a message. And thank you so much, Benita L. You're up next, followed by Brenda H. Go ahead, Benita. Benita L. Recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia, but not cured. So I love this. Be- you know, beyond human aid. And I just realized that there's a bunch of 12-step groups that are called that, which I think is really cool because though I didn't know it, I was beyond human aid when I got into my first 12-step food program. And I just wanted to lose weight. And they said they ate no flour and sugar. And I thought, I'll try it. And um and it, that's when I realized I was addicted because when those cravings went away, which I thought were just normal desires for food, because I was 50 years old and it never dawned on me to, like, to entirely stop eating those things. Like that thought would have never, ever even crossed my mind. And 
though my weight was never like super excessive like some people's, I'm super glad that it got caught early and that I learned how addicted I was. And um, But I didn't really, wasn't able to get totally um, absent with the steps until I got into OA and started to do the step work because for some reason I wasn't doing the step work in that other program, which I still don't understand why. But I'm glad that something new I was beyond human age before I did because I had tried, um, like everybody else, just tons and tons and tons of things before that to control my weight. So thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you so much, Benita. Brenda H., you're up next, followed by Faye from Massachusetts. Go ahead, Brenda. My name is Brenda H. from Michigan. Thanks, everyone, for your service today. Um, my experience is a little different. I had a doctor who screamed at me that I must stop. You must stop. And uh, I needed help. I really needed help. And uh, I was this program. I lost 25 pounds, and I felt that uh, I had lost 100 pounds, actually. And so with Weight Watchers, they had food on the wall. I could eat all those different types of foods. And one day, the, the leader lady, she told me, oh, you can't eat that kind of stuff and eat all that stuff and think you can lose the weight. And I said, oh, well, this is like setting me up for failure. And it really uh, did something to me uh, mentally. You know, I felt like that I was lost. Uh, so what I'm saying is, is that when I came to this program, Oh, boy, what a change. Uh, I was grateful because uh, I went to the program and they told me about the program, and I felt at first that I didn't really understand the program. Once I got a chance to listen and really, you know, grasp that it, it was it was a good thing. Um, uh, I um, found this program through uh, a church. And uh, my sponsor makes me write down the things that I'm grateful for. And what that does, it keeps me out of myself. And I'm just so grateful for that. I'm not perfect, but I put my trust in God, my higher power to direct me in the right direction. And when I get off keel, I have to go back and I have to write down things that's making me feel this way. And so I'm just so grateful that my my uh, sponsor told me about the vision for you. Uh, this is my second week listening. And so I'm just grateful for each and every person that's on the line today, and uh, I'll pass. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Brenda H. All right, Faye from Massachusetts, you're up next. If you could please uh, include the first initial of your last name, I'd greatly appreciate that. Go ahead, Faye. Faye, are you out there? Um, hit star one to unmute. Good morning. Thank you for that. Um, and thank you, Rick, for your uh, service today. Um, this is Faye F. from Massachusetts. And um, I just would like to share on this paragraph because I think it is critically important um, to remember 
that our source is God. This paragraph clearly says, you know, doctors, and that means all medical and adjacent health professionals need to realize that they are not the source. But also, this says to me, our sponsors are our guide. They're not our source. Our source is a higher power. And that's what this big book really constantly reminds us. Our recovery is in um, our relationship to a higher power to be of service to others. And our continued recovery lies in that connection. And other human beings are not going to do for us what God can do for us. And so when I came into program, you know, um, I would put my sponsor on a pedestal. But that is not the purpose. And I have found that my, my, I call it my big book guide. And that's what I try to be, a guide as I lead people through the steps. So I'm grateful for this release to Sunday morning, Monday morning. I'm grateful for everyone's service. And I'm grateful for this vision program. And I pass. All right, thank you so much, Faye. Um, we got time for another share, um, probably uh, about a minute and a half. Francesca M. Um, go ahead. Oh, Francesca yeah. M. Okay. Um, thank you so much, um, Rick J., for your service. Um, hi, everyone. Francesca M. Um, Compulsive Overeater and Bulimic um, recovered today, um, just for today. Um, I just wanted to share on this. Um, something that, you know, I really related to everyone's shares about the first paragraph. The second paragraph, though, I, I kind of thought, like, you know, faced with the problem is a doctor's honest with himself. Like, if I relate that to me, you know, being, I have to be honest with myself. I have to feel my own inadequacy, you know, because in the past, I, like, put it on physicians. You know, I went to therapy. I did all this stuff, and it's like, look what I'm doing, and it won't change. And that um, anyone can give me anything, um, and it's not enough. And before I try to, like, force my sort of way through abstinence and wanting just, like, approval and appraisal, and um, I was picking up every month or two for two years, and, um, you know, that something human powers more than needed to produce this essential change, you know, I had to get a new power source. I had to plug out of my socket um, and get um, a new power source in that action I thought of, you know, like, I can't just be near my phone and the charger begging for it to charge, like, please, I'll do anything and not plug it in. And for me, um, that was putting down the food. And the thing is, is like, well, how can I get absent? I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And I couldn't, I couldn't stay absent. I I went on diets, though, like in the past, I mean, maybe it only lasted a few weeks. You know, I had to acknowledge that it was my choice that no one was like shoving the food in my mouth. I could put it down for a time, a short time. And in that time, I had to get through all of the steps. And I had to take the hospitalization program really seriously and just not like do. Oh, was that my time? Yes. 
Oh, okay. Thank you so much, Rick J. Um, yeah, thank you um, for sharing. So, um, uh, sharing. Um, and yeah, if you're new, just please um, stay until the miracle happens. Um, and I pass. Bye. Thank you so much, Francesca. Is it um, before you unmute? Could you tell me your the first initial of your last name and the state you're from, please? Yes. Um, M and California. Thank you so much, Francesca. All right. Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, April 18th, 2022, is 18,854. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Barbara P. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, everybody. Barbara P. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you can't transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for, all, for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the ha road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.